You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. Restaurants are struggling to stay open while millions of Americans are seeking help from food banks as a result of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Chef Jose Andreas and Senator Chris Coons of Delaware joined the Washington Post to discuss joint efforts on food relief and national service legislation during this critical time. Let's listen. Good afternoon, I'm Mary Jordan. I'm the national correspondent for the Washington Post and what a delight today to welcome our guests. We have Jose Andres, well-known chef, and of course the founder of the World Central Kitchen. And we also have Senator uh, Chris Coons from, from Delaware. The topic couldn't be more important, hunger in America and how we can ease this problem that's growing amid growing uh, unemployment. Let's go to Chef Andres. You're out there on the streets, and like, how bad is the hunger problem? What are you seeing? Uh, so thank you for having me, but very quickly, I want to be saying thank you, and especially thanks to Senator Coons for the amazing speech he gave there in the middle of the crowd about uh, the important thing we're talking right now, about Black, Black Lives Matter, about why racism has no space. So. Uh, in our in our country, in our planet. So thank you, uh, Senator Coons, for your leadership. So Mary, let's go very quickly to, to, to what I'm seeing. I've been in many states. Obviously, uh, we are on emergency mode since the beginning of this pandemic when World Central Kitchen went to Yokohama. Uh, and since then, we've been feeding people uh, all over, especially in America, where we are doing, at one moment, 350,000 meals a day. And what I'm seeing is that Hunger is invisible, that hunger, you don't see it, that this emergency is real, even there is not destruction. We have many families that still are waiting for their unemployment checks. We have many people that for many reasons, they are not able to apply for federal aid. Those families are having hard time putting food on their tables. So in the many places that we see that the pandemic has hit the hardest is also at the same time, the places where we see hunger. So the problem is real, the problem is big, and we can do something about it. If we take action right now, we can make sure that food is the solution instead of food becoming the problem. So, so let's talk about that. Um, you're talking about legislation that's needed called the FEED Act. Can you tell us about how that would work and alleviate? We have millions of people going to bed hungry. How does it help? Well, I want to say that when you see uh, cooks like Jose Andres and cooks like Tom Colicchio, like we are able to go the green a very crazy way to be talking about bills, it's because senators like uh, Senator Kuntz and many others, they've been giving us an amazing opportunity over the years to learn how the system works. So in a moment like this, we can be part of uh, the solution. So what World Central Kitchen began doing was putting restaurants to work in this pandemic, right? All the restaurants are, are out of job. And if you have hungry people, who are the best people to feed the hungry? Cooks, chefs, restaurants. You don't have to reinvent the system. Obviously, to feed everybody, it requires not one solution, but multiple solutions. We need to be funding the food banks appropriately. We need to make sure they have enough volunteers or people they can hire. We need to make sure that the SNAPs, what we know as food stamps, that is well-funded and that we can even increase its reach by using them 
in restaurants or being able to order online or be able to order on farmers markets. Uh, we need the school lunch programs to be uh, kept and maintained and even introducing extra money so you don't only feed the children, but you also feed the families. But what we did began doing at World Central Kitchen was simple. We put almost 2,000 restaurants to work all across America. Restaurants doing anywhere from 100 to 2,000 meals each, where locally, the mayors, the different NGOs, we can connect the need with the restaurants, and all of a sudden, we solve many problems. We are able to put people to work. We are able to feed the hungry. In the process, we put the system up and running. The restaurants can be buying from the farmers. All of a sudden, you don't have waste. It's a brilliant 360-degree idea. The FITAG, brilliant. We are bringing Republicans and Democrats together. Congress already passed. It's on the Senate. We know we have people like Senator Coons and then Senator Harris, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, Republicans again and Democrats working together. This is breaking bread at, at its worst moment. It's the best uh, politics that happens is good policy. So, Senator, it's it's in your ball court right now. You know, we have idle restaurants, idle chefs, unemployed people, and we have hungry people. So what is it in, I mean, are you optimistic that this legislation is going to pass and when? Well, Mary, frankly, um, as I've traveled up and down my home state of Delaware uh, and seen the food bank of Delaware um, providing food, badly needed food to newly hungry Delawareans, uh, in food box distributions, helped by volunteers, helped by our National Guard. Uh, I'm clear about how urgent this need is. I am so grateful to Jose Andres and World Central Kitchen for everything that they are doing to bring forward innovative solutions to addressing hunger in the United States. Uh, I am concerned that right now there isn't a sense of urgency, Mary, on how to move this bill forward in the Senate. Um, Senator Scott and Senator Harris, uh, have a wide number of senators interested in supporting and moving this bill. But the majority leader, Mitch McConnell, Republican senator of Kentucky, is showing no urgency about taking up and passing another bill to respond to the pandemic. As Jose just said, hunger is invisible, but we know it is infecting millions. It is impacting and affecting millions of American households from rural communities to urban communities. We also know that we have farmers who grow for restaurants, uh, who have surplus crops they're going under or having to throw away. We have restaurant workers who are only now beginning to get back to work in some places. In Delaware, Little Delaware, we have 2,000 restaurants. The vast majority of them are closed and may maybe a third of them will not open again. Um, we can come together to address hunger. The Feed Act is a great way to do that. Another way I am hoping we will do that is by expanding national service, the so-called AmeriCorps program, to give opportunities for Americans currently out of work to get engaged in national service and working in their communities to support food banks, to support programs like Meals on Wheels, to support this connection between farmers, local restaurants, and hungry families that Jose is drawing our attention to today. I think. Ordinary people are trying to figure out, well, if Congress bail out
how can you not is a I can't hear her. I've not been able to listen to the question. Oh, we hear it. Jose, can you mute while she asks the question? Yes. Okay, there we go. Senator Coons, I just think that ordinary people have seen that Congress has taken action. They have bailed out airlines, they have given big breaks to companies. But when we're talking about hungry kids, what is the holdup and, and what's the timetable? I mean, I know you said that there are some people who are hesitant because it's invisible, but what, where's the leadership and when is this gonna happen? Mary, that's a great question. I can't understand how the majority leader looks at the situation in our country and thinks that there is not an urgency about moving forward. Uh, we did come together and unanimously pass the CARES Act two months ago, uh, which provided $375 billion worth of assistance through the Small Business Administration to small businesses across our country, many of them restaurants. Uh, we did just come together in a bipartisan way last week uh, to amend and expand that Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP, for restaurants. I think there is a crisis in terms of hunger. Many other senators do as well. But frankly, this is a decision by the majority leader of the Senate to not take a bill up and to not give it floor time. Uh, we are right now working on a conservation bill, um, which while important, uh, a positive step forward, it is not more important than millions of hungry Americans. This should get floor time. Getting the FEED Act passed should be a priority for the Senate. And I'm frustrated and upset uh, that Republican leaders in the majority are not giving it uh, the priority and the floor time that it needs and that hungry Americans deserve. There's more um, unemployment now than at any time since the Great Depression. And in times uh, like this, in crisis, we have mobilized citizens. Talk a little bit about the, your Americo, AmeriCorps expansion. There's enormous amount of people, young people with no jobs. Um, and how would you use them when you expand AmeriCorps? Exactly how would they be, be employed to kind of help other Americans? Uh, well, thank you for the question, Mary. Um, Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi and I will be introducing a bill with a wide range of Democratic and Republican co-sponsors uh, in the Senate. Today, there's about 75,000 Americans serving through a national service program known as AmeriCorps and many more serving through Senior Corps. Um, our bill would double the number of AmeriCorps program slots to 150,000 for the rest of this year and then increase it to 200,000 and 250,000 for the next two years after. And it would increase how much they get paid, their living stipend, and how much they earn for college as a result. It's a roughly $15 billion bill over three years, a robust expansion um, that would allow uh, mayors and governors, nonprofit leaders and community leaders all over the country to decide in locally driven and locally initiated programs to partner with initiatives like the FEED Act, like food banks, like Meals on Wheels. There are already existing AmeriCorps programs around the country that do things to address hunger. I had a chance to talk to James Winfield, for example, in Baltimore just a few weeks ago from Civic Works, 
uh, a program that has uh, hundreds of AmeriCorps members that is connecting um, senior citizens who are shut in at home and hungry and typically the beneficiary of programs like Meals on Wheels um, with a program that CivicWorks already had underway uh, to address food deserts, um, to help create community gardens and to connect uh, low income majority minority communities in Baltimore uh, with farmers um, who are uh, committed to bringing in healthy produce. So that's one very local example of an AmeriCorps program that hires locally, that hires exactly the people from the community most impacted uh, by hunger and by the pandemic. That is an example of the type of thing that might well be expanded through this AmeriCorps expansion. There's many other examples across the country. AmeriCorps Mary is a decades old nationwide program that enjoys support from both Republicans and Democrats, mayors, governors, and senators. Let me go back to Chef Andres for a minute. Um, you've had some fairly famous run-ins with uh, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, uh, and interestingly, over a restaurant. Uh, there was a restaurant that you were going to open and decided not to in his hotel. Here we are talking about restaurants who are shuttered across America. You know, many people think half of them may not reopen and people are hungry. How do you think President Trump has done uh, to help restaurants and to help the hungry? Yes, my my issue is with something of the past, and we found uh, a solution. Uh, I, I was not very happy the way uh, immigrants were portrayed. Uh, after all, I am an immigrant myself. Uh, whatever I've done in my life is in part because I had uh, some great immigrants next to me. And, and so anyway, that's something of the past. But talking about how this administration, listen, we need to be uh, pragmatic. This administration was very quick in trying to pass in getting the PPP working. Uh, that was a good idea that then, uh, as when you put ideas very quick and very fast, and without seeing really how this pandemic was going to be affecting small businesses across America, at the end we learned that was not going to be uh, so effective, but then we saw over the next weeks uh, with a lot of uh, support, uh, I was very involved with Tom Colicchio and others, the independent restaurant coalition to be lobbying uh, the White House uh, uh, for changes. And at the end, many of these changes uh, happened on the, uh, a week ago uh, on the last uh, bill. So that was improved. So overall on that end, uh, while it was not perfect, I think they did okay. But we need to remember that if we talk restaurants, only 10% of restaurants and small business were able to have access to that, uh, to those funds. And I do believe that the White House and, and Congress, they are gonna have to be passing another bill specifically to be giving support to restaurants. Remember that we are one of the biggest industries on the country that is not only the direct jobs that the restaurant create, but also the indirect jobs that the restaurant industry create. More than 90 cents of every dollar tickles down all across the local economy. So it's gonna be vital that the White House don't think like everything is finished, that they are only thinking about reopening. This is okay to think about reopening, but to do that, you're gonna have to make sure that they are, they are supporting the small uh, business of America, specifically restaurants, because America, restaurants is part of the DNA. So we need to do more and we need to do better. So far, okay, 
but I will not say that they done a great job. We need to finish the job. This is going to be six months, one year, one year and a half until things maybe go back to normal. And we're going to be needing smart ideas coming from White House, coming from Congress to keep the economy moving. You have been in many, many different disaster zones. I think that many Americans are kind of in bubbles right now. In fact, they're supposed to be staying at home. But can you give us a sense right now, given how many people are employed by restaurants, how many restaurants are probably going to go bankrupt, how many people are unemployed, and how many people are hungry? How do you describe this? You've been in this country a long time. Have you ever seen kind of a, a situation, an economic situation like we're in now, and a hunger situation like we're in now? Obviously, this is uh, an emergency that maybe is one of the reasons, as Senator Kunz was mentioning, that everybody began talking about the uh, pandemic and the health crisis. A uh, health crisis that I don't think uh, we can give ourselves a 10 in the way we've handled it. Uh, in the United States and around the world. Uh, in some cases, we've been slow, even when the health experts, they've been telling us exactly what the governments and the people had to do. And we've been very slow. Then we had the economic crisis that everybody began talking about. At one moment, the White House was talking more about the economic crisis than about the health crisis. And then we have the food humanitarian crisis. I do believe, as Senator Kunz says, that we are not recognizing that crisis. And until you don't verbally recognize that crisis, nothing is going to happen. So I do believe it's going to be vital that congressmen, senators of both parties uh, go out, uh, the leader of the Senate. They should be going out in his own community, and he's going to see how we have hunger because this pandemic, because people are being unemployed, because the restaurants are closed, because the governors, the mayors, the government is telling us, you must shut down. Um, can, can I ask you a very research. short question? I just wanted to ask you a really quick thing, and then I'm going to go to Senator Coons yeah. with the viewer's question. But uh, Jose Andres, you were just saying that we're not recognizing this. We see long lines at food banks. Why are we not recognizing how big this crisis is? Listen, uh, I know that the White House and the USDA, I went uh, almost 100 uh, days ago to the USDA to speak to Under Secretary of Agriculture. And I saw that, yes, they had a few things going on, but the USDA, they are not known for emergency, but they were able to put these kind of boxes that they call farm to families. That is a, a, a great idea that in some parts is working, but then in other parts, like for example, in Austin, they gave the contract to a company that never did put before, therefore, that company with millions of dollars at their disposal, they're leaving a lot of people in Texas hungry because they are not execution, executing. I don't hear the urgency of now from the White House. And I will say, uh, with, without making it, there's a lot of Republicans like Senator Coons that they support uh, and they recognize the, the, the emergency. But I need to hear the President of the United States recognizing that actually with all the unemployment going on, when we already had 38 million Americans that they were uh, food insecure, that that number has almost doubled. They need to recognize that those lines are real. And if I was the president of the United States, 
I will never want to have lines, the most powerful country in the history of mankind. We can do something about it. The White House can do something about it. President Trump should recognize that we have a food issue. And it's very simple. Let's invest money into the solution. This can happen. The Fit Act is a great idea. Also, this bill that Senator Kunz is moving forward to bring young people into a volunteer uh, new Peace Corps is a brilliant idea. We need brilliant ideas like this. This, again, is a smart policy that should be a smart politics. Everybody is supposed to be behind this. I hope President Trump listens to us right now and he will be supporting initiatives like the Fit Act and like what Senator Kunz is trying to move forward. The urgency of now. So let's go to Senator Coons, and we have a, a viewer question here from Alicia Smith in Washington. And she's saying uh, both to uh, Chef Andres, many Americans are experiencing food insecurity for the first time. Um, and at the same time, there's so much food waste. Uh, what can the average American do to help out? Um, she asked this to Chef Andres, and he can answer too. But let me go to Senator Coons for, for a second, and then we'll go back to you. What, what can average people do, Senator? First, Mary, if I could, um, in this moment, uh, when millions of Americans are marching for racial justice, uh, we shouldn't lose the perspective that of the nearly 38 million Americans who were hungry, who were food insecure before the pandemic, before the recession, you know, back in a time of full employment, of a roaring economy, we still had nearly 38 million Americans hungry, and that's overwhelmingly impacting um, communities of color. Black and brown Americans were experiencing hunger and food insecurity at a much higher rate than white Americans before the pandemic. Now the pandemic hits and, and many, many millions have had to file unemployment, more than 40 million Americans. And as Chef Andres just said, the number of food insecure Americans has more than doubled. So first, we should keep the perspective um, that this amplifies, that it impacts um, the ways in which uh, racial injustice has consequences for communities of color. Make sure that is part of your advocacy uh, to members of Congress, to state and local governments, to keep food insecurity and its, its uh, impacts uh, on racial minorities in our country at the forefront of your mind. Second, there's ways you can change uh, how you purchase food, how you consume food, and how you support restaurants and nonprofits um, that reduces food waste and that creates incentives for it to be redirected to food banks that can help uh, serve and feed and support hungry people. Well, let's stay on racial injustice because right now, today, was the funeral of George Floyd. Um, there's a raging debate around the country um, about racial injustice, what can be done. And one of the things is the defund the police debate. Um, and I'd like to hear from you, Senator Coons, about what that means to you and do you support it? Uh, just a couple hours ago, the president tweeted, defunding police would be good for robbers and rapists. So when you hear defund the police, Senator Coons. What does it mean to you and, and are, are you behind it? Well, Mary, I was at a protest rally this weekend in Middletown, Delaware. And in talking to some of the activists uh, who had a defund the police uh, sign, I heard two different things. Um, some felt strongly that we have unaddressed community priorities, um, drug treatment, um, responding to the opioid epidemic, mental health concerns, 
behavioral health concerns. And they were saying that for too long, we've been asking the police departments of America and the jails and prisons of America to be the places where we address and take care of as a matter of last resort, uh, homelessness and mental health and addiction. And they were asking for a higher priority on funding those issues. I support that, I agree with that. I don't think we're gonna move forward uh, as a nation towards being more just if we don't increase our investment in areas that haven't had enough investment. Um, but I don't support a, a different summary that I heard from another activist, which was they literally wanted us to close police departments. Uh, I don't think that's wise or appropriate. Um, we do have a need for policing, for modernized and progressive and accountable policing, yes. Uh, but the idea of shutting down police departments, uh, I don't think makes any sense. And many other leaders in my caucus, in my home state, in my community, um, have made this distinction as well. We should increase our investment where there is increased need and a renewed focus on racial justice should make us prioritize new investment in areas of our community that continue to struggle with the consequences of racial injustice. And for quite a lot of people, defunding the police just means prioritizing other things for small communities where they're spending 40% of their entire budget on police and equipment for the police. They're just kind of, they're begging for more support for um, mental health and food and education. Uh, so it is a definitional problem in some ways. But what do you think very quickly, and then I'm gonna go back to um, uh, Chef Andres to ask him what ordinary people can do. But what did you, just very briefly, Senator, what do you think about that tweet? Defunding police would be good for robbers and rapists. That, that, well, that look, President Trump. Mary, we're in a moment where um, we need a president, we need a national leader uh, who can help us heal, who can help us uh, hear each other uh, and can help uh, move forward positive solutions. Uh, at a moment when all of us uh, should be uh, taking the time to reflect on the funeral that's happening today. Uh, I would wish that President Trump would stop with constant tweets that are designed to further divide us and to inflame some of our differences and uh, instead put forward positive proposals. Uh, I happen to be supporting Joe Biden, uh, my predecessor in the Senate, uh, who I think has done just that. In his recent remarks, in his actions, uh, he went to Houston to visit with the family uh, of George Floyd, and he's made what I think are positive and purposeful statements about how to bring America together. So we're, we're running out of time, but I'm going to give you the last word, uh, Chef Andres. Ordinary people, we have lots of viewers listening in. They care about hungry people. What can they do? And we have to do it quickly. Well, because this, uh, we're running out what of they time. should be doing is, is you supporting uh, good, good initiatives and good policy. The other day, I was uh, very lucky to have with Vice President Biden a town hall about food issues. I think it's the first time in the history we have a presidential candidate giving time to talk about how food should be treated almost as national security. We need to make sure that food is the solution, not the problem. We need the smart people in the private sector. We need the smart people in the government to come up with ideas like you mentioned before, why we have food waste. Let's make sure that we start funding the next Amazon of food waste to make sure that no food will ever be wasted. So in the process, we make sure that also we will never ever again 
what is the life of a human being. It's an amazing possibility out there. Let's use invest what is right, and you will see how food will and can be the solution of many of the problems our, our communities are facing. I'm grateful to you both. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Jeff Andres, Senator Coons, we appreciate the discussion, an important one about hunger in America. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.